0: Dear friends, grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God, our Creator, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, and from the Holy Spirit who continues to challenge us and make things new for us that we might bring renewal and hope to the world. Amen. So this is the third sermon that I prepared for this week. At least it's the one that I finished. It was one of those kinds of weeks for me. It started with an emphasis appropriately on baptism, and I am going to go there. We have six today, one baptism at the first service and five at the second service. So it's truly a day of celebration for our community of faith and for the church as we welcome Finn today and other uh, adults and children um, at the second service. But then on Wednesday, someone asked me what I was going to preach about this week, and and I said, well, I'm going to preach about baptism. It fits the text from Galatians. She said, well, okay, but I was wondering if you were going to talk about Orlando. And I said, you know, I plan to include something about that in my sermon. But to be honest with you, I have been avoiding it. I've been avoiding it because I just feel angry. And being angry is not usually helpful when it's time to preach, at least in the Lutheran style of preaching. And being angry, in my case, sent me into a kind of emotional hiding. I really wanted to run away from yet one more senseless shooting. But more than this, I wanted to avoid what I expected to be the inevitable. The inevitable prayers... And moments of silence followed by nothing, followed by nothing, just more silence. The inevitable growing fear of terrorism, which is legitimate, and the pandering to that fear for political gain, which is not. The inevitable reigniting of fear among our LGBTQ sisters and brothers that, yes, they are still targeted. The inevitable return of this haunting reality. If we do nothing when 26 and 7-year-olds and 6 of their adult caretakers are slaughtered at Sandy Hook, what will it take to make laws that protect us from terrorists and from each other? Certainly not the lives of 49 people in Orlando. And the inevitable loss of credibility and moral standing of these Dis-United States among the developed nations of the world as our standing as the most violent and gun-violent nation among our peers continues to grow and grow. And here we are, still, I assume, in shock, still angry, still afraid, still unsure, still grieving, and knowing, of course, that it will not be one thing that will bring about the change that we seek. But here's the thing. Acknowledging and expressing anger and sorrow in the Judeo Christian tradition is something we know about. It's scriptural, it's in the Bible. It's called lament. From Psalm 27, the psalmist cries out to God Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, you who have been my help. Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation but lament can help us then turn toward hope. From the same psalm, I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And just being here, gathering together, is a sign of hope. Thank you for your presence today because one thing is sure, we need to keep gathering around a promise as people of hope. This text from Paul's letter to the Galatians is so appropriate on a day with so many baptisms. But also, I think, on a day on the other side of this latest tragedy in our homeland. In this letter, Paul is teaching. We hear a small piece of it this morning. His audience is the early Christian community in a particular place called Galatia, a region in which is today central Turkey. One of the big questions within the early church was whether or not one first needed to convert to Judaism before becoming a Christian. And that's really the context of this letter. And the short answer to that question, according to Paul, is no. Paul does not dismiss the Jewish faith, including the importance of the law. In this case, think the Ten Commandments, that kind of law, all right? The the law, the Torah. But rather, Paul proclaims that by belonging to Christ, we belong to God. So it's not the law that keeps us connected to God or our adherence to the law. It is rather Christ. And Christ is available not only to Jews, but also to Gentiles. And baptism is being clothed in Christ, and it is the ultimate sign of this relationship. Of belonging. Belonging first to God in Christ, but also belonging to the community that bears that name. Not only is baptism the sign of an eternal, irrevocable promise that binds us to God in Christ, baptism creates unity. Baptism literally takes away the distinction, as Paul reminds us, between male and female Jew and Greek, slave and free, which were defining characteristics of class distinctions in the first century. One of the blessings that I sometimes give to tiny humans who come up for communion but don't yet partake, so I give them a blessing, is uh, God loves you as if you were God's one and only child. Now what a strange thing that is. But not really. That's what baptism does. And it's not so strange if you think uh, as, some, as most parents do or all hopefully good parents do um, that it is possible to love more than one child completely. It is possible to give everything you have to one child even if you have more than one. And the reality is is also that God does not love me or you more than any other. God does not hold you closer than any other, including those who, for whatever reason, are not baptized. Baptism is a gift for us, a constant reminder that we live and move and have our being in Christ. But it is not a sign that excludes others or suggests that some are chosen and some are not. I found this comment from a Lutheran bishop out in California, Guy Irwin, who's also a a theologian. He wrote about the Orlando shooting. I found this to be very helpful. In the days ahead, we will hear so much about this, some of it holy and some of it nonsense. Don't be distracted. This is the country we have made for ourselves and unless we work to change things, we are complicit in what just happens. Our duty to our neighbor demands our action to keep her safe and provide for her well-being. We need to pray, shout, write, march, donate. Hate does not go away on its own and must be openly and publicly resisted. Baptism is first a gift. That's the most important thing we can know about baptism. And that gift is that nothing then can separate us from God's love in Christ. It's a permanent bond that can't be taken away. But then baptism is a call for the good of the neighbor, for the good of others. What the world needs right now from the community of the baptized is the relentless pursuit of peace in a world of violence. Bridges where some would build walls. Hope as an alternative to rampant fear. Comfort in the midst of grief. And love is love is love is love is love in the midst of hatred. Amen.